Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. Uh, next conversation is surrounded around Ukraine-Russia war. Uh, but if you've just missed our conversation earlier on, we're talking about human trafficking and uh, open lines uh, as from 12, um, 11 o'clock uh, will still be open. Maybe you want to share your views or your experiences or maybe even something that you have noticed or you've dealt with a couple of victims and it will be interesting to know or wh- whatever it is or maybe you you kind of like suspect suspect something is going on but the beauty about um you know what the department has been doing is uh, the taxi industry in Gauteng will now play a very very pivotal role in combating human trafficking as uh, traffickers often rely on the public transportation system to recruit move transfer victims from human trafficking for the purpose of exploitation of people and they are going to have uh, you know numbers readily available where you report if you suspect that somebody is busy doing dodgy notorious business or you know you you know just get them investigated because the numbers will be readily available and they won't know who called because uh, the numbers will be on those uh, taxes and billboards. That's going to be hopefully that when that is implemented, we will find, uh, you know, the numbers will drop. But coming up next, it is reported that between 20,000 and 30,000 Ukrainian soldiers and civilians are considered missing since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion. And 26,000 of them, um, I think they suspect that 11,000 are actually civilians, and I stand to be corrected, and 15,000 could be military. But to give us a verification and um, uh, clarity to our conversation, I'm joined by our guest, that's uh, Zvenka Kachu from Ukrainian Association of South Africa. Good evening and welcome to uh, Night Talk on SAFM. Good evening, Bertha, and good evening to your listeners. Thanks for having me. This is a very, very sad um, situation where we find ourselves as the world, um, where Russia and Ukraine are clashing so badly. What is the status right now in terms of uh, numbers? I just received information where uh, the numbers are talking about uh, roughly 20,000 and 30,000 Ukrainians, um, soldiers and civilians are considered to be missing. That is a huge number for human beings to be missing. Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, it's, uh, uh, I think we should separate um, um, military and civilians. Um, and indeed, uh, the uh, official um, reported number are 11,000. But uh, uh, obviously, this is those that were verified, uh, the expected numbers are unfortunately uh, higher. Uh, there is expected that uh, more than 20,000 civilians are uh, missing. And um, there is no process to return those civilians because obviously some maybe were already uh, killed and uh, their bodies simply cannot be found but uh, others uh, might be imprisoned in uh, uh, russia and uh, there is no process on how to verify that they are indeed in uh, russia and uh, for families it's a extremely difficult situation um, because uh, they uh, don't have an opportunity to find uh, their relatives 
And so we have those. Yeah. Yes. No. Go ahead. We have uh, uh, those cases when, uh, when, the, for example, a sister has been looking for her brother, and uh, none of the volunteers or human rights organization couldn't help. So she wrote more than hundred letters to the Ministry of Defense uh, of uh, Russia, and finally, on one of them, the ministry has uh, responded that he indeed is detained in uh, Russia. They didn't provide more details where about, but at least it's a hope for the family that the person is alive. But it's been now 19 months of uh, Russian aggression against Ukraine. And uh, for if for military guys, at least within Geneva Convention, there is a way how they should be returned. Uh, civilians should not be uh, detained. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, we see the numbers and those are civilians that are remaining in Russian prisons and nobody knows uh, how to find them. Mm. And this evening we want to really reflect uh, on, you know, families, human lives specifically, how they are affected. So in terms of families, how are they getting assistance and where do they live in camps? How do they get assistance to try and find their loved ones, the ones that are missing? So I think um, maybe to give the understanding of the scale, the scale is uh, massive because uh, at the moment uh, there are uh, more than five and a half million of internally displaced people. So those who uh, had to flee from their houses, but uh, now living in other parts of, uh, uh, of Ukraine. If there is a social housing, they can uh, apply for such social housing. But obviously, uh, we are talking about five and a half million. Uh, so there is no uh, not enough housing for that uh, amount of people. Some of them were uh, initially hosted by uh, schools uh, and uh, by uh, hospitals. Uh, but now, uh, because uh, some of the schools return, there is no more housing uh, inside the uh, schools. There is also uh, over 8 million of people who become migrants, and uh, this is a specific uh, category of migrants because men cannot leave the country. Uh, if you are between 18 and 60 years, you are remaining in the country, you can't leave the borders. So it's 8.3 million of mothers with children and also uh, people over 60s, so retired people. So there are also families that have been living now for 19 months without seeing each other, children living, growing without their uh, fathers. Uh, but uh, very often this difficult decision is made for children at least to have uh, relatively normal uh, life to be able to go to school because uh, more than 1,300 um, uh, schools were uh, completely destroyed uh, because of Russian uh, bombing and uh, almost 40% of uh, schools in Ukraine Mm. cannot uh, have uh, in-person classes because of constant bombing, so they are continuing distance edu distant uh, education. And this is not suitable uh, for, for those uh, families with children, because obviously every family wants a child to have an education, not to have um, delays in the uh, development caused by uh, constant living in fear because your house and your school is bombed. And we are talking about Ukraine-Russia Ukraine, war. 
that has displaced a lot of uh, families and a lot of citizens of Ukraine. And we are speaking to our guest, and um, I'm speaking to uh, Zvenka Kachu from Ukrainian Association of South Africa. When we get back, I would like you to think about this thought, um, uh, uh, Zvenka, where you you did highlight that men of a certain age have to remain in Ukraine. Mothers and children and the elderly um, can actually be, they can cross the border, maybe go to a neighboring country. I would really like to find out the reasoning behind separating these families when we get back from this break. Let's take a small break and we'll come back shortly. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And it is Night Talk. I'm in for Oliver this evening. And also don't forget that on the other side of the hour, we do have an open line where you can share your views. Um, any subject matter in particular uh, that you feel you'd like to share with us, your opinion, your views, whatever is on your mind, um, you can do that and send us a voice note. That's 0614104107, 0614104107, or otherwise call us on 086 um, in the meantime, we're talking about Ukraine-Russia war, and uh, we do have our guest online uh, just talking about the humanitarian aspect of it, where families are being separated uh, because of this war. Uh, Zvenka Kachu from Ukrainian Association of South Africa is online to share some insight as to what's happening. Uh, Zvenka, welcome back. Thank you. So I, I asked you a question to, 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 to ponder on um, the rationale behind uh, just women and children and the elderly being allowed to cross the borders and uh, men of, of the age 18 uh, to 60 and staying behind. What is the rationale behind that? Um, uh, rationale is that uh, men are uh, conscripted, so they uh, they can be called to join the army at any time to continue defending because uh, uh, this is uh, Russian military aggression, so they cross the border and the war is uh, ongoing. Um, and it's a very difficult decision for those families to make, but um, and there is no... Um, you know, it's not it's not an easy decision because obviously the family want to stay together, but at the same time, uh, no one is safe in Ukraine, unfortunately, because Russia is bombing every single day, and every single day people in different parts of the country die. Like just today, there was a bombing where uh, there was a funeral and 51. And the Russian uh, bomb Iskander was landed and 51 people were killed, including a six-year-old uh, uh, boy and another uh, little uh, girl in the hospital uh, right now. So every single day, children are facing the risk of being killed. And as a parent, uh, they make this difficult decision to keep the children in safety. Even sometimes it means uh, for a child not to be able to see um, uh, father or uh, older brother for a very, very, very long time. And can I'm just, it's 20 months. We are 20 months in, which is almost two years. Can this war not be stopped? Um, what, what does yes, it take it, for it, it to it, be stopped? 
uh, it takes uh, Russia to remove its military forces. There is actually like no reason for this war. Russia could simply not attack and invade uh, Ukraine. So uh, because Russia is the second uh, largest army in the world and uh, um, it's a country with nuclear weapon, while Ukraine is a country that gave up nuclear weapon because uh, Ukraine had a strong army. However, since uh, Ukrainian independence in 1991, it made a strong movement toward uh, peace around the world. Uh, uh, the Ukrainian constitution in 1996 decided we Ukraine doesn't want to have any military bases on its territory. It wants to uh, remain uh, neutral. Uh, it gave up nuclear weapon and actually three countries, uh, one of them is Russia, uh, also United States and United Kingdom took responsibility to defend Ukrainian territory from any potential invasion. As we've seen in 2014, Russian military forces crossed the border, Russia started the war, however, international community remained silent. In 2022, uh, Russia has decided that if international community was silent in 2014 when Russia has started this war and for nine years it was going on. But, you know, international community didn't really uh, put a lot of uh, attention to it. They could, uh, in the three days, take over the territory of Ukraine. But this was a mistake because for those nine years, Ukrainians were preparing because they understood that Russia has crossed all the uh, international agreement and there is no way how Ukraine can defend itself uh, unless it's going to get become a strong country. So yes, as soon as um, uh, as Russia will withdraw its military forces, this war will stop. If Ukrainians will stop fighting, uh, nothing will change because civilians are going to continue to uh, be dying. At the occupied territories, where still remain uh, 4.3 million of people. Those people are in the risk of everyday torturing, of being separated from their children, because this is another issue that we have not mentioned, but 19,500 of identified children have been forcefully deported to Russia, and they their families uh, don't really have a mechanism how to return them. Those children uh, given Russian citizenship and fast track to adoption into Russian families. So those parents who were separated from their children at the occupied areas, um, the same will happen to other territories as soon as uh, Russian military forces take over those uh, children. People are tortured at the occupied territories. They don't have any way how to defend their human rights. So, um, yes, we would like this war to uh, end. Uh, unfortunately, this is not just Putin's war. This war is supported by uh, ordinary ordinary uh, Russians uh, who are suffering from uh, constant propaganda and they uh, believe that uh, Ukrainians don't exist, that Ukraine doesn't have the right to exist as a country and that's why Russia has the right as uh, from the uh, Russian imperial thinking to take over uh, Ukraine and to turn Ukrainians into Russians. So, it, it, it really yeah. is affecting you know, the, the whole world in, 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 in general. Because at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to resources and relationships and, uh, you know, these shared resources, it then just becomes a little bit more difficult and it affects everybody else. And it's quite sad that we find ourselves in this situation. But coming back to the humanitarian um, perspective once again, do you think there will be a chance for these families to be reunited? Is it going to be easy? 
Absolutely not. Uh, it's it's a massive uh, issue and uh, it's a massive humanitarian uh, issue. It's not going to be easy for those families to uh, reunite even if the war stops uh, tomorrow because uh, obviously for 19 months uh, some uh, some of those men were on the front line. Uh, some of those children now travel to few countries trying to find more or less stable home because, uh, you know, uh, those uh, mothers that are traveling with their children, they're also trying to find a job to uh, provide for their uh, children. And that's not uh, always easy. So they move from one place to another, trying to find that stable place where their children can get education and they can have a normal uh, life. And uh, both parts of this family are going through enormous psychological uh, pressure. So I think, uh, and developing in a very different way. So it would be very difficult for those families to meet and to continue living like nothing happened. But also many of those people would not be able to come back to their houses because those territories that now are liberated, uh, they are completely destroyed. Like uh, recently, uh, you know, Ukrainian military forces uh, uh, recovered territory of uh, of uh, Avdiivka and Klishchivka. There is not a single wall left. So it's completely flattened uh, village. Those people not going to have home where to return. Like they, there is this idea that those people can return, but where are they going to return to? If there are no schools, there are mm. no houses. So this is massive, massive humanitarian uh, issues that uh, requires obviously the whole world to to support, but also to put pressure on Russia to stop because. As we've seen with today's example, 51 more uh, lives have been taken. Uh, it's happening every day. The sooner Russia will withdraw its military forces from the territory of sovereign Ukraine, the better. The sooner, the, the better. Zvinka Kachu from Ukrainian Association of South Africa. Thank you so much for joining us this evening and having this conversation. I just pray and hope that uh, the war comes to an end. It's now um, just gone after 11 and Greg is standing by with the news. That's Greg House on the news desk.